0: the Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris. As I am recording this, I am looking outside and I live on a, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, it's kind of a cliff. It's kind of a hill, cliff, ridge. I guess ridge would be the best term. And I'm behind the lip of it. And at a certain time in the morning, the sun will rise and shoot some rays down in my direction. And we have currently a state of emergency in my county. We have an ice storm that came through and uh, it is just stunning. It is uh, like a crystal palace <laughs> that I'm looking at with the light streaming through uh, all the trees, and the trees are just ice. And man, I, I so badly want to go and take a walk out there. And I, I don't know, you can probably hear in my voice, I'm, I'm still sick, I'm not sure that that's going to happen. Um, but uh, it just is a reminder that uh, God is so creative and uh, so good to allow us to have the sense perception we, we don't just see uh what's happening things that he's created for his own enjoyment but we actually are able to process that and appreciate that and that's such an incredible thing and that can't be explained by any darwinian uh natural process this is something that um this, this is in fact as i'm I, I just saw the some ice uh fell c- kind of a dusting of ice came off one of the trees and uh, it looked like little glitter coming down. It's just amazing. Uh, for those of you who are, you know, li- live in the, the deep South, you know, I, I understand why you do. <laughs> for those who move there, I understand why you moved there. Uh, and, uh, I appreciate so many things about the deep South, but I'll be honest, you, you, don't generally get this kind of thing. And it is a beautiful thing when you do see it. Uh, so, uh, anyway, I am sick, uh, still. Some of you might be wondering why I'm even recording this and I will explain that, but I just want to thank you for your prayers Especially, uh, I'm getting better every day. There's a window I have, I found, and it expands every day. So um, I had, I think, an hour two days ago, probably, and I recorded a very quick podcast uh, that was just an update. And I I did it to to show you and what I was doing, to encourage you, but also just ask for prayer because I I, I felt horrible. Um, And then uh, yesterday, I think my window was probably two hours, and today, hopefully, it'll be three or four So I'm at the beginning of that window. I can definitely feel uh, the headache starting, but um, I really do want to get this podcast out. uh, And I'm going to explain a little more of why that is at the end. Let me just give you a little teaser because I don't want to, for everyone who listens to this podcast wanting uh, to to get to the meat, I don't want to prevent you from uh, the Tim Keller analysis, but uh, I think it's time for a little bit of a reset, not the great reset, just a a reset as far as why do this podcast, why listen to this podcast? Um, I'm gonna kind of strip it down to the the basic fundamental reason that I even do this, and, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that. And I want to respond uh, in in doing that to uh, some critiques and criticisms uh, that were made during the last week, uh, especially when I was gone, that I really could not get to um, in a timely manner, which I do regret. And some people are. Uh I don't I don't quite understand it completely, but I think there's some people that don't quite understand the uh the amount of just the volume of messages and the uh the kind I, I think some people look at the podcast and they think that's all that's happening is just when I turn the record button on because that's what they see. And there's so much more happening behind the scenes. So I'm I'm going to tell you about a little bit of that, give you a little bit of a, a behind the sneak scenes uh, sneak peek, I guess. But um, but I need to respond to some uh, criticisms in in, and I'll explain why I'm doing that. I also need to apologize uh, to some of you uh, for uh, something I did say on the podcast last week that um, that that I do regret, that I do think uh, was wrong. I, I don't think. Some, some, there's a few people really blowing it out of proportion, I think, and, and so we'll talk about that as well, but I, I do want to acknowledge it, and I do want to talk about it, and because I've been so sick and traveling, I just have not been able to get to any of it. So um, my wife and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday, and uh, she uh, agreed with me. Actually, she was the one that kind of convinced me in some way. She, she encouraged me uh, to, um, to to talk, talk about some of this, and so we're going to get to that. Uh, but we're going to talk uh, first, though, uh, about the thing that everyone, uh, mo- most people who clicked on this, came here for, which is uh, this Tim Keller uh, tweet. And um, uh, last thing before we get to that, I just uh, need to let you know about a sponsor for this particular podcast, and uh, and that is, uh, I can pull up the website for you, Gold River Trading Companies. Tea and hot chocolate. They have hot chocolate too. I don't know if uh, you all knew that. I actually have some now. I'm actually very looking forward to, uh, very much looking forward to trying it. Uh, Cinnamon hot chocolate. If you click on the hot cocoa link at GoldRiverCo.com, you can see uh, cinnamon spice hot cocoa. (laughs) I've just, I've been sick. I haven't felt like drinking hot chocolate right now because of that. Uh, I don't know what it is. The the richness. In fact, I had, I tried um, a piece of candy last night. And I just, I I couldn't do it. I don't know. It's something about sweets that when I'm sick, I just can't do it. But, um, but, but I'm sure when I get better, I'm going to be drinking a lot of this stuff. And, uh, and, but I have, I'll tell you what I have been drinking is a lot of tea. Uh, And that's been helping me get over this COVID. Uh, There's, there's all sorts of teas. The, um, the ones I usually talk about are peppermint green tea and gunpowder green tea. I really like those, but uh, lately, I've been having some of the chamomile, which is down here, chamomile herbal tea, and that's been really helpful uh, for, um, for having COVID. And so uh, I would uh, encourage you, go to uh, Gold River Trading Company, goldriverco.com, and uh, on, on the way uh, to check out, when you're, when you're checking out, whatever you uh, choose to purchase, put in the promo code CONVERSATIONS, capital C, CONVERSATIONS, and that'll get you 10% off. Your order. And this is a pro-Christian, uh, pro-American, anti-cancel culture company, and uh, it is a quality product. And so I just want to let you know about that. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about sponsorships at the end, because I've gotten some pushback on that as well, like uh, that I shouldn't have sponsors and stuff. So um, I do want to talk about that. But I'm, I'm very grateful to Gold River uh, for sponsoring this particular episode. It's uh, it's good to know about companies that are not caving to all the the nonsense that so many companies out there are, and I'm just really uh, grateful to be able to uh, tell you about it because uh, I, it's a good product and uh, and you know I I sometimes lament I don't want to know when what a product that I really like you know, what they're, I don't want to know what they're giving to, because I, if I knew, then I probably would feel convicted that I shouldn't be using it anymore. Well, Gold River Tea is not like that. And that's why, um, I, I think it's a good product and, and one that you should, uh, uh, consider supporting. So, um, let, let's talk about this Tim Keller, uh, tweet here. So this, let's see here if I can pull it up. This came out last night, I believe, or yesterday. Um, yeah, February 4th at one seventeen p.m. So it was actually in the afternoon. Uh someone sent it to me more towards the evening, but uh I'm going to play for you the video that he's commenting on so so you know. And then we'll get into his analysis of it. He's actually added some things to this in the last 9 9 hours ago he added something else. So let's um let's start this. I think something that your uh viewers really connect with in your comedy and your hosting skills yes. especially in the like past few years is how open and honest and authentic you are about the role your faith plays in your life.
1: Oh, that's
0: interesting. And I was wondering is there any you know does your faith and your comedy ever overlap and does one ever win out?
1: I think, ultimately, us all being mortal, the faith will win out at the end. <laughs> but I certainly hope when I get to heaven, Jesus has a sense of humor. But I'll say this. I'll say this. Uh, someone was asking me earlier about what I... This, is, this relates to faith, because my faith is involved with... I'm, I'm a Christian and a Catholic, and that's re- re- always connected to the idea of um, love and sacrifice being somehow related and giving yourself to other people, and that death is not defeat, if you, if you can see where I'm getting at there. Someone was asking me earlier, what movie did I really enjoy this year? And I said, well, I really like Belfast, which is Kenneth Branagh's story of his childhood. And one of the reasons I love it is that I'm Irish and uh, Irish-American, and it's such an Irish movie. Um, and I think this is also a Catholic thing because, it's, it's funny, and it's sad, and it's funny about being sad. In the same way, that sadness is like a little bit of an emotional death, but not a defeat if you can find a way to laugh about it, because that laughter keeps you from having fear of it. And fear is the thing that keeps you from turning to evil devices to save you from the sadness. As Robert Hayden said, we must not be frightened or cajoled into accepting evil as our deliverance from evil. We must keep struggling to maintain our humanity, though monsters of abstraction threaten and police us. So if there's some relationship between my faith and my comedy, it's that no matter what happens, you are never defeated. You must understand and see this in the light of eternity and find some way to love and laugh with each other.
0: Stephen Colbert, everybody. All right, so that's the uh, clip, and Tim Keller's comment on this was, uh, this is brilliant. This is a brilliant example of how to be a Christian in the public square. And um, I'm going to stop there, but let's just read the whole thing, and then we'll go. Okay, so he says, Notice the witness, but in a form the culture can handle. We should desire to have more Christians in these spaces and give them grace as they operate. So, I'll get into his responses uh, since then, uh, since there's been pushback. But he says, first of all, this is brilliant, a brilliant example of how to be a Christian in the public square. And, uh, you know, this is, brilliant is the word that I'm, that's just kind of like underlined, circled, exclamation points and stars around uh, as I look at this sentence. What makes this Brilliant what makes it brilliant is it is the brilliance that he got a clap at the end is the brilliance that he was able to um off the top of his head quote something that honestly the people listening probably would not have the, the i mean i i had to listen to it twice and i'm like what you know this is i, I felt like i was getting into land a little bit there because it was just getting so uh, uh, involved um you you got to laugh because if you don't laugh, you fear. And if you fear, this happens. And, and I almost felt like he was going to go on like some kind of a, you know, fear leads to hate and hate leads to uh, leads to suffering or something. But it, it was um, I think what what stands out to me as if there was anything brilliant about it is that he was able to navigate this in such a way that he was able to get a, give the audience a pinch of transcendence, a pinch of. Uh, there's something bigger than us. And that's why we can live. That's why we can uh, laugh even through sadness and trials, because there's something bigger, there's a plan. So he's able to kind of relay this to the audience in such a way that no one was offended. Uh, and, you know, no, no one, I mean, I, I don't see, I mean, unless someone's coming up to him afterward, and he has the gospel, and then that's I know some of you are probably screaming at the podcast right now. Stephen Colbert is not a Christian. I get that. We're going to get to that, but um, let's say he is. Let's say he was an evangelical Christian and you know understood the gospel and uh, completely, and and was ready to lead people to the Lord. And uh, people heard him say that, and then they came up and you know, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, I want to talk to you more about your faith. But um, he certainly didn't invite anyone to do that, and it was. I mean that's all he gave you. I mean I don't know how that would be different than a lot of other religions that just have an understanding that there's a God who rules the place and has a plan, that there's some kind of providential element to uh, existence. Uh, so that's as far as he went, and I I wouldn't I, I personally wouldn't call that brilliant, but it's um, in with all the minefields today. I could see how it would it could certainly come off that way to someone, that you're you're able to not get canceled and not get the hot seat turned up on you, not look like a fool, uh and be religious at the same time. And a Christian, nonetheless. Catholic, but Christian. That's what he said. He said, I'm a Christian Catholic. So um so that's that's the first thing. Brilliant. And and so these are not uh that's not a word that I would see. I could, could. I'll ask you this question. Just think. Think with me. Would you? Could you see the apostles using this word to describe the public witness of one of their own, one of their disciples? Uh, could you? Could you see Jesus saying the, this to the twelve or the, you know, his followers and say, "Well, you, you know, you were brilliant. Uh, we are supposed to be wise as serpents, innocent as doves." I just don't see that word, you know, that's, that's not, um, and I'm not saying it's wrong, and brilli- brilliance is, look, this is a, it's an English word, we use it today, I'm not, not, not trying to uh, read back into a, an ancient manuscript uh, the assumption that they would have used, but I, I'm just, I'm saying the concept itself of brilliance, it's just not an emphasized one when, when you're uh, trying to reach people, when you're trying to be a public witness, right, brilliance doesn't pop out at you from the pages of scripture. But I think this is one of the things, and it, this, is, it, this whole this short tweet is, is packed full of so many telling things. I think this is one of the things that the evangelical intelligentsia, they really prize. They really prize this. They want to be known as brilliant. They really want that applause line. They want to wow people when they start talking about their faith. Uh, they want people to love them and not cancel them and be attracted to what they have to say, and uh, they, they want to be able to appeal to them on some kind of a common ground, some kind of a, a language that they'll understand. So it doesn't mean quoting Bible verses. In this case, it means quoting, uh, I guess, I don't know if that's a... I, I forget the name of the guy that he quoted, but I don't know if that was um, a poet or a philosopher, who, whoever. Uh, a a novelist but quoting someone uh that it's not even an explicitly christian quote but but at least showing that you're well read um being able to uh integrate um some some aspect even if it's a very basic aspect of your faith uh with pop culture he i mean he did it with this movie I mean, these are the kinds of things that I think the evangelical intelligentsia, they, they think of these things as what we should aspire to. This is how to do it. Pop culture, uh, quoting novelists uh, or, you know, thinkers out there in the world, you know, stay shy away from the Bible verses a bit, but, you know, give them a little bit of a dose. Give them that milk. They can't quite handle the meat, but just give them that little bit of, you know, this sparkle of... Uh, uh, some sense of transcendence, something that they'll be attracted to, and uh, and so he says this is how to be a Christian in the public square. This is how to do it. This is the example. This is what we should all be aspiring for, apparently. And then he says, uh, notice the witness, uh, but in a form the culture can handle. Uh, now so now he's not just saying that this is a, an example of how to be a christian this is also an example of how to witness it's an example of of showing forth christianity showing, showing christ to people um but it's in a form it's in this particular form the culture can handle so they can't handle i don't it, it leaves it open to speculation a bit but what can't they handle that's the question what what is it that they can't handle they can't handle what the apostles did or Jesus did or John the Baptist did or the prophets did or what is it? They can't handle what the reformers did, what missionaries have done for hundreds of years. The, the, the gospel, is, is that what it is? They can't just handle someone sharing the gospel. They can't handle someone quoting the Bible. They can't handle, what is it that they can't handle? There's something that we need to be, so, so you see a positivity in that first sentence and a negativity in the second in, in coming out that, you know, hey, just, there's, a, there's something to watch out for here. And, A landmine that you don't want to step on, and Stephen Colbert didn't step on it. So, you know, good for Stephen. And then he said, we should desire to have more Christians in these spaces and give them grace as they operate. So he's saying more Stephen Colbert's. We need more people like him, and really, we need them in entertainment. Uh, Part of me almost debates whether or not—I've had this thought in the last year—whether or not the media is the public square. It's, It's very controlled. Uh, it's one perspective. It's, it, you know, how much of the media is really reflective of a more of a, uh, a neutral coming together of the various people who make up this country and are able to express themselves. That's not what the media is. It's It's certainly, if you want to call that the public square, it's certainly a rigged public square. Uh, So in this rigged public square with landmines, with things that we're supposed to avoid, uh, we we, we should not communicate in a way that the culture can't handle it. Uh, They can only handle so much, which, I mean, look, the culture can't handle, I'm just going to be direct here. They can't handle when you talk about their sin. That's what they can't handle. And so um, we need to give grace to people like Stephen Colbert to operate. That's what we need to do. And this is not a grace that seems to be afforded people. I mean, Tim Keller has, like, no grace for uh, the religious right and, quote, unquote, Christian nationalism. I mean, it's just he paints them in the worst possible light. We've talked about it on this podcast. He accuses them of using uh, certain groups of people to fundraise off of, and they just care about money and uh, you know, we, we, the reason that we're in the bind we're in is because of the, the, the religious right types, the culture warrior types. You know, there's really no grace given to those people, and and not even a, a sense that you know maybe there's some of them who uh, are well-meaning and really are trying to hold the line for biblical teaching, and are that uh, they're seeing that hey, something like let's say same-sex marriage is wrong, and we're gonna support what the Bible teaches on this particular topic. There, there doesn't seem to be a lot of grace for that coming from Tim Keller. He's very hard on those people, but he's got all the grace, all the you know, the, the grace in the world for Stephen Colbert. Now let's talk about Stephen Colbert for just a moment. Uh, Stephen Colbert, I don't know a lot, a lot about him, but just in that little clip, you know, he's not, first of all, Tim Keller is a Presbyterian. I just find it interesting. I'm I, I, and I maybe some of you are get upset at me for this. I do believe that there are people who uh would think of themselves as Roman Catholic, perhaps even attend Roman Catholic Church who uh it is it is possible that there are saved people in the Roman Catholic Church. I do believe that. Uh the reason I believe that though is because and I'm gonna get in all sorts of trouble for this. Um, the the reason is because I think that they're not operating in accord with Catholic do- teaching and doctrine. They are they're following what they understand to be true about Jesus from their reading of Scripture, and they do trust in Him for their salvation. Uh, they they believe in uh, His imputed righteousness. They're not buying into the infused righteousness of the Catholic Church through sacraments and. They're they're not letting that barrier get in their way between them and Jesus. Um, I do believe there are people in the Catholic Church who, uh, perhaps, are some of the them that could be immature. There, some of them could be, um, you know, new new converts figuring this out. I I, I am open to that idea, uh, but generally, Presbyterians, Protestants in general, who are Orthodox, they're not going to come out and. And, and really take someone who's Roman Catholic and incorporate them into the tent of, of Christian Orthodoxy and just uh, act like there's really no difference there because there certainly is a difference between uh, what a Presbyterian, uh, a, an Orthodox Presbyterian would think of as true Christianity and what Catholic Following Roman Catholic doctrine would think of as true Christianity. Um, it, it's ama- This is a very ecumenical type statement from Tim Keller. So I, I, I don't want to um, uh, complete this analysis without at least pointing that out. That there's also so not only is there this double standard of granting grace for someone who's really not sharing much. That's that, that earth shattering. Not only is there. Uh, while not you know, showing grace to people who have really tried to hold the biblical line on things like marriage and abortion, uh, not only uh, is there that, and also um, this uh, really warped understanding of what a public witness should be as far as brilliance and um, making sure that you're communicating in a form that the culture can handle, making the culture be your determine your messaging. But there's also an ecumenical strain in this whole thing. You know, Stephen Colbert, he's on our side. He, he's doing the work that uh, we should all be doing. We need to support men like him. <laughs> I almost feel the echoes of the Apostle Paul. You know, support men. Uh, support men like him. You know, give 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 men double honor who who uh, do really crude jokes on late night TV. But when there's a, a, a brief moment for them to... Um, show how hypocritical they are, they wow the audience, and give a little bit of one basic truth that Christians believe, which is that there's an eternity, uh, without even going into the gospel or anything. So this is just so telling, and it grieves my heart, because Tim Keller, you know, I've done a lot of study on him, people who listen to this podcast know, I've, I've put a lot out there on Tim Keller, and I see a lot of dangerous things i've even seen some false teaching come from tim keller but i I, I do still have that recollection from 15 or so years ago of some of the things that he said that were very good and some of the things that did help some people and to see where he is going to see how he's doubled down in his his elderly years his um really his sunset years he's he's dying of cancer it is, it is beyond heartbreaking to see him double down on, on these horrible ideas that he's had over time. And so, some guys, they, they get off, they, Billy, Billy Graham, I think of him right now as someone who ended up uh, kind of getting a little, little off, more than a little off towards the end of his life. And he, he said things that were just not orthodox And there's part of me that wanted to say, you know what, he, he's, he's losing his mind. I, I cut him a little slack here. You know, you have, you have a ministry, and I know he went farther and farther to the left the, the longer he was in ministry, but I don't want to take away from some of the, the good things that he did. Some, I'm not saying that was all good, but, you know, I can show you videos where he's preaching, he's giving you the gospel message. And, and then to see him at the end of his life saying things like with Robert Shuler, the, the, the that, that implying that there's all these multiple ways to get to, to Christ. You can be in another religion and you can uh, go to heaven. It's just it was amazing to me. Well, Tim Keller is kind of in that stage. You know, he's the, the difference to me though is is Tim Keller is not losing his mind, as far as I know. Uh, he his body is 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 going, but his mind is not. And and this is what he's choosing to, to do. For his last years, he's choosing to double down on this kind of stuff, and there's so much of it. I, there's so many Tim Keller things people send me. I just kind of let go because I'm just like, it's not important. Um, but so why even show this? Why why show you this? I, I think I think for me, it's just it's very telling, and it, it's it's a confirmation for me that you know what all the the suspicions that we've had about some of Tim Keller's, frankly, some of it's false teaching. Some of it's just really vague and really comp- sound, compromise sounding and just really uh, disturbing. Well, this is this kind of stuff confirms that there's a problem there. And I think it is helpful for us to, to mark someone like a Keller and say, this is not someone that we, you know, I just preached in Romans 16, <laughs> the end of it, I'm seeing Keller fit into that category. This is not someone that we need to be promoting, citing. Uh, we want to be very careful. Uh, you know, if you are going to give a Tim Keller book out that has good teaching in it, you know, give a really heavy qualification about it. This is this is someone that does not have. I mean, talk about discernment. Um, I don't even know what to say. This is this is stunning. You know, Stephen Colbert. You know, again, he's a man who. Uh, He's a man who who not just makes crass jokes, but very pro-abortion, very pro-transgender, and you know, all the evils of of the left that the left promotes. Stephen Colbert is right there and promoting it on his show. And so I don't... is, is I guess we give grace to that, too. We just kind of let him operate. We let him support the murder of babies, and, and we just, well, it's worth it because of the, a 30-second snippet where he says that there's such a thing as heaven you know this is this is nuts this is nuts this is the death of christianity if we make people like colbert the heroes and there's so such a desperation for it that's the thing there's such a desperation out there for heroes for people that are christians who can go out there and really represent christianity and i'd like to suggest um we already have people that do that. Some of them are small-time pastors. They're street preachers. Um, some of them you might hear on the radio. There's, there's some bigger names out there. Uh, it may not be in, in the future that we you can really have a lot of Christians in some of these industries. I'm not saying not to try, but it's a very, very hard and compromising industry to get into the entertainment industry. And, and it will, um, if you're public about your faith, it is not going to go well for you. And so you have to be somewhat compromised, generally. Uh, I, I want to leave that little door open in case. You know, I, I, I would love to see Christians involved in Hollywood. I just don't know that that's possible. And, and I say this knowing uh, people who are involved in Hollywood, and the Christians I do know, tend to be more behind the scenes. And uh, so it, it's a... Anyway, uh, let, let's just finish this off, because uh, Tim Keller has written some follow-ups here. Uh, he, he retweeted Anthony Bradley, who... Anthony Bradley, I believe, is a campus pastor at one of the uh, church, um, the, the Redeemer Churches in New York City, and he said it just shows how intellectually superior Catholics are <laughs> at articulating their faith. A Protestant would not have been able to do that. Anglicans could. Most evangelicals would say there's no gospel in his answer. Um, and so Tim Keller's thinking this is, I guess, somewhat of an astute observation. And, and this is another thing I've noticed. Uh, there is such, in, in both the political conservative world and in the Christian world, the evangelical world, uh, Protestant world, there is such a, uh, sometimes a jealousy or respect for Catholics. And I am not saying you cannot learn from a Roman Catholic on anything. I'm, I'm not saying that. Um, there are uh, things, especially... Um, You know, the further back, the thing about the Catholic Church is it developed over time, and you have different errors coming into the Church at various, at different times. And so there's a a trajectory of becoming more and more compromised over time, to to the point that now you have Pope Francis, the communist pope. So, uh, you know, you go back in Church history, you look at uh, people like uh, Thomas Aquinas, you look at Augustine. Uh, some some very pivotal figures that many of the reformers really drew upon. In fact, there, there's this whole thing on Aquinas lately. I don't, I'm not going to get into it now. But look, a lot of a lot of great Protestant thinkers really drew on Aquinas. There's no doubt about this. And and I'm not saying you can't learn from some of these people uh, that, that happen to be part of the Roman Catholic Church. But you know, what are we talking about here? We're talking about a comedian who makes crass jokes, supports abortion and transgenderism, and that's just the tip of the iceberg and this is a superior catholic this is what we aspire to this is the superior really the 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 court jester is the the superior catholic who can articulate his faith the way protestants can't it's just this kind of smug kind of kind of way elitism this way of looking at honestly ourselves i had a whole section in uh I think it was Christianity and Social Justice. I think it was my last book on this topic, where I point this out that there's the image that evangelicals have about themselves. They really think of themselves. They bought the what the newspapers have been saying since the Scopes trial about them, that they're a bunch of ignoramuses, they're a bunch of dummies, uh, and 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 they're looking for that figure that that who's going to come and show that we're not dummies that. And and they're looking to the Catholics. There's a jealousy that the Catholics have this intellectual rigor and public witness that is. And, and you look look at who you're admiring though. This is not some theologian. This is Stephen Colbert. I almost wonder if I'm being spoofed, right? Where's the hidden camera? This is amazing to me. But Tim Keller thinks that's a, that's a really good take on the the situation. And then he says. Uh, Comments from the original tweet remind me that there are habits on Twitter we should reject. One, if you cite person X at all, you must answer for everything person X has ever did or said. Well, I don't know what everyone said, but I'm not saying that about Tim Keller. I'm not saying he's got an answer for Stephen Colbert's pro-abortion rants on his show. Um, but I, I at least think that you shouldn't be saying, holding him up as an example of how to be a Christian public witness when he's supporting the killing of unborn children publicly. Is that too much to ask? And then number two, he says, I can attribute opinions to you that you would not own. Well, I mean, I'm sure you can, but this is, these are all very beside the point. This is this is a really pathetic response in my mind. Um, it doesn't get at the heart of, of the issues here. So this is sad to me uh, just because of where Tim Keller's at and, and the stage of life he's in, that he's doubling down on some of the stuff. And I would just encourage you, pray for Tim Keller. Pray that he repents and that he retracts some of this stuff uh, before it's too late, because I know his time on earth is very short. Let's read some Bible verses that I think directly address the problem with what Tim Keller is trying to do here. One is John fifteen eighteen through 20. It says, if the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, because of this the world hates you. Remember that the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. If the goal is to try to get in the good graces of the world, to get an applause line, I'm not saying it's wrong to get an applause line. We like human approval, but if a goal is that that's your public witness, that's the way to do it, uh, in a way the culture can understand, so they don't really, (laughs) you give them the most non-offensive, I guess, bit of your religion you can, and they clap, and they don't get saved, but this automatic posture of those in sin is to hate those who are going to confront that sin. The world loves its own. That's why they love Stephen Colbert, all right? He's of them. Keller's trying to recruit him to he's he's on the side of winsome Christians who are engaging the world correctly as public witnesses. No, he they love him because he is he's of them. He sank he approves of their immoral choices, jokes about them. Uh, and, and so I don't think it's a mystery why they clap. If he's got a little bit of religion, he's not confronting sin. Uh, you got 2 Corinthians 4. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of the world is blind to the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. What is a way that any culture can handle Christian truth? What? 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 No culture in sin, no people in sin has ever been able to handle truth. And I'm, when I mean truth, I'm talking about the truth of their their condition, their sin truth of who god is he's holy a uh very nice therapeutic thought and quoting a novelist or something about how there's a world after this somehow and i mean that's not going to offend hardly anyone start talking about the holy god and see what happens uh start talking about the gospel and see what happens there's you know if, if you make your standard uh what people can handle you know you're never going to get there people can't handle the gospel it's a work of god that they uh convert in the first place to the truth um acts 26 uh, 16 through 18 uh i'm gonna jump ahead i think to verse 17 um to, to, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me. Uh, talking about um, the Jewish people and the Gentiles, all people are in this condition of needing their eyes opened. Uh, they're they're in the dominion of Satan. And, you know, this isn't uh, a... Uh, a mean vilif- over-vilification. This is what Scripture teaches about people, that they're dominated by sin. And so it's, it's very weird for someone who's been in New York City, especially for as many years as Tim Keller has, to be so knowledgeable about the kind of sin that exists New York City you should know about that to to know what people are like and then to think that the way you're going to get the gospel to them the way you're going to be a public witness and a successful one is to somehow make it palatable so you know don't give them more than they can handle they can only handle so much I would suggest you they can't handle anything which is why you just preach the truth you tell them what they need someone has cancer and you say, you give them some really nice thought about uh, something unrelated to the cancer they have. That's you know makes them feel warm and fuzzy inside. It doesn't do much. They need the chemo, and they may not want to hear that. They need to know they have cancer. So let's leave this and let's talk about um, let's talk about the, what I wanted to uh, to address, and I'm going to try to be as brief as I can here. Uh, there's been a, a number of, well, I don't know what word to use. Accusations would be one, because they fall into different categories. But uh, insinuations, uh, concerns, some of them very legitimate concerns um, from people. And I want to address some of them. Uh, Paul did try to defend himself at times. I don't think it's always time to defend yourself, but I think there are, there is a time for it. And, um, and I do need to apologize for one thing, which I'm going to do. I'm going to clarify and to apologize. Um, first thing is uh, I, I've been, <laughs> a few people have said that I'm trying to make money and that, uh, insinuating that this is what drives me. And I realize most people don't know kind of what I've given up to do this. And I don't expect you to. And they don't know what possibilities and offers I've gotten that I've rejected. And I don't expect you to know about those either. And they don't know about my financial state. And the long and short of it is this. Um, I gave up a lucrative business, my own business, uh, handyman stuff, that could have been very probably making, at this point, if I would have kept with it at least four times as much as I'm making now, if I really was putting all my time and effort into it. Um, another possibility was uh, going the academic route. I kind of blacklisted myself from that, and I lost a number of relationships along the way, people I, I even thought were pretty solid when I decided to um, come out and talk about what was happening in the church. And uh, there, there have been some sacrifices along the way. I'm not trying to garner sympathy or play the world's smallest violin. I just, um, I do need people, uh, or I do want, I guess, I don't need, but I want some people to realize that um, what you're seeing on the camera is such a, uh, it's such a small, (laughs) you turn it on, you turn it off, and you're seeing a very small sliver of everything that goes on here in regard to this topic. And my motive has been to shine the light of truth um, on these evil deeds of darkness For the purpose of preserving the integrity of the gospel. The revelation from God. uh, A Christian view of reality. um, Christian ethics. These are the things under attack by the social justice movement. So I do consulting. I do traveling. I do speaking. I have a film company this year. A lot of my time is going to be taken up with traveling and doing filmmaking stuff. A lot of projects lined up that are very important in my opinion. Um, A lot of... uh, just and, and then there's all the personal things I got going on too. Uh, I'm not going to get into the details of all of that. There's there's a lot of there's just a lot a lot a lot on my plate right now, more than I've ever had in my entire life. And I would not be able to do the podcast, write the books, record them on Audible, travel, if it were not for people who give. Uh, to what I'm doing. And it would not be possible for me to do this stuff if um, I didn't have some sponsors too. And it helps. And I rather have people like the uh, Gold River Tea, who share my values than some automated ad from YouTube. Um, But the the ad revenue does help me be able to do this kind of thing. So this isn't just a side hobby. This isn't... uh, and this isn't something that I'm, you know, I'm certainly not living high in the hog because of it. It's not something I'm using to try to uh, make myself rich or anything like that. And in fact, when the time comes and I realize, and, and I, I assess this probably now weekly, <laughs> am I at the place where I've said my piece? Have, you know, is there really much more I can say about this? Um, you know, are the resources already there? Am I just repeating myself? When it gets to the point where I just feel like I'm repeating myself, I'm gonna stop doing it. And and you, you have my word on that. I, I, I don't intend to to keep this up. Uh, now, could something change? Could could there be, I mean, could we have another, you know, who knows what this summer will bring and what uh, strange new social justice issues might come up? Or, you know, maybe the the new issues, everyone's gonna believe in aliens, like who knows? What's coming down the pike? And maybe the podcast will be around to navigate some of these things. But I, it's not, um, I, I'm very, I feel very blessed and rewarded to be able to help people. This wasn't something I would have chosen for myself, though. This is something that has closed a lot of doors and it's opened a lot of others. And I've said no to a lot of opportunities, even during the podcast. I don't talk about this stuff. But it's for one reason, and one reason alone. I want to help the layman, the people I meet when I'm traveling that are in tears sometimes because of the situation at their churches, and it's material that I put out there that's helped them navigate it. I think the Lord has me doing this for a reason. That's why I'm doing it. It's not to enrich myself. Um, If it was, I would be charging money, you know, to come to venues. When people call me and say, John, uh, I want you to come and speak, I tell them, uh, and they ask me, if you know, what's your price? I, I say, just let me set up some books in the back, pass the plate around or something. I, I don't ask for an honorarium. And I've been to small churches that didn't have any honorarium, and that's fine. It's not why I do it. So uh, it's an accusation I'll probably get more of, but it's, it, for anyone who knows me, it is even semi-close to me and knows somewhat of the opportunities I've had that I've uh, uh, passed, uh, that I've rejected or um, life paths that I could be going down or could have gone down, uh, they, they would know that that's not a, a fair accusation and it does smear what I'm doing. And so I, I, I think for the sake of the people who listen and benefit from it, I do need to say that. And that's not as much even for my own sake, but just for the people who, uh, who benefit from this podcast, um, that's not a smear that, that you guys need to be navigating with people. Uh, the other thing is, um, that I'm uh, prideful and uh, to that there's a simple answer to that and, and the answer is yes <laughs> I'm, I'm I am and uh, and I if you knew how prideful I was you wouldn't ever want to be my friend right uh, that that's actually the that's the the good answer to use anytime you're on uh, witnessing and someone accuses you of anything you know even if it's like homophobia or something you say oh man if you knew how bad I really was and then the follow-up of course is but yet Jesus, saved me yet he loved me despite myself can you what kind of a love is that so um so that's the short answer the the longer answer here is so there was a specific video that people were saying uh I, I must have had four or five people uh reach out about this um it's the video that came out last uh, or a few days ago. i don't even know i'm losing track of time it was the one on TGC and Trevin Wax and the gotcha sermon clips. And then some people said I came across prideful. I, I don't, I guess, I, I suppose it's always possible. Maybe I have a blind spot. Um, I did try to fairly look at that. And I, uh, one, one of the, the people who messaged me further described it and said that I was being kind of snarky and I'm usually very measured. And um, I think, one of the things I just wanted to, to, to caution people on a little bit is you're going to find in Scripture some very strong language at times. You're going to find some very uh, passionate, even though we don't have the audio. You're, I'm sure, you know, I can't see <laughs> you whitewash tombs being, uh, you know, in a monotone. I mean, there's there's some passionate stuff. And I don't think that it's reflective of pride all the time. Could be, I suppose. Um, the question is motivation. So uh, Elijah mocking false gods. Is your God in the bathroom? I mean, kind of crass. Uh, Jesus, you whitewash tombs, brood of vipers. Uh, I mean, you find these things, these, these phrases with John and Jesus in the gospel, right? Calling Herod a fox, you make your converts twice as much the son of hell as you are. Uh, you know, calling p- people dogs. Um, you find Paul do this kind of thing. He even says in Galatians that he wishes false teachers would cut off their own um, manhood. Uh, these aren't things that I'm just putting in their mouths. These are things that, you know. These are things you find in Scripture. And I, I'm not prepared to say that the people who said these things are acting out of pride. I think they're acting out of a righteous indignation, and there should be one that we have. And frankly, some of the stunts Gospel Coalition authors pull, um, it's to the point now, I think we ought to have some of it. Uh, the way that they're trying in this that particular order, trying to smear people who would accurately represent uh, pastors and wolves and false teachers. And, um, you know, tell me. In that Trevin Wax article, where he doesn't really even distinguish between what accurately quoting someone and then what misquoting them is, he doesn't—he doesn't even approach it. It's just you shouldn't ever play a clip from someone that might make them look bad. Basically, that's what you—the impression you get at the end. Uh, what does that do to ministries like Justin Peters? What does that do to um, to what I'm doing? But to you know. to to guys trying to shine a light on the social justice stuff. You know, we're trying to expose, in many cases, false teachers, wolves. You have to be able to quote them. In fact, you wouldn't have an academic process if you couldn't quote people. Jesus wouldn't be able to quote from the Old Testament. And I think we find an example in in Jesus and and Satan where Satan does take things out of context. And he takes quotes out of context. And that's really, the, the emphasis should be on accuracy, truth, not on fashion style optics. I pointed this out at the beginning, uh, before I even read the article. I was like, TGC does this a lot. They don't make truth the, the thing to focus on. It's all about the feelings and the style and the optics and the fashion and what kind of uh, image are you projecting for people and is it winsome. And, and, and that's what you get. That's what you get. And it's, it's so sad and tragic to me. And I think there should be some righteous indignation about some of that. So um, it's it's possible. <laughs> I think I'm trying to. Re- I don't remember if I was acting with. I may I may have been frustrated with some other things that day, but I I certainly was not trying to, um, to 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 act in a prideful way. And and I think it's look if if you have a concern about me, I appreciate you sharing. Uh, I would appreciate also be be very specific with me too, if you can. Let me know exactly what you're seeing that, that concerns you. Uh, general stuff like pride, I, I don't know always what to do with that. Um, and I'm sure I have it. I'm sure I do. I know I do. My wife knows I do. But, um, but my goal in, in that particular podcast was definitely, uh, yeah, I'm going to mock it a little bit. I am, because it's ridiculous. And you know what? I think there does come a time we should be able to say, you know, this is This is stupid. Uh, this is um, evil <laughs> this is uh, insulting our intelligence uh, this is um, you know I hate this I hate what this what's going on here I mean these are these are terms that I, they, I'm not even approaching some of the things you find uh, Jesus and Paul saying so I, I don't see the problem so much with that and I wonder whether or not some of us have adopted uh, kind of what TGC, the paradigm they operate within, which is that this idea that the more, you know, soft and measured you are in your tone and, you know, you're not using colorful words, you know, that, that means that you're, uh, that you're humble. But if you're uh, very dynamic and um, energetic in your uh, uppity, perhaps in the way that you communicate and you're very emotional uh, and angry and you use some some color, more colorful language, and I don't mean curse words necessarily, uh, that, you know, that's somehow, uh, that's prideful. And, and that that's not a right way to evaluate pride, I'm, I'm just saying. So uh, I don't know whether that's the case, but I figured I would throw that out there. Um, two quick things, people. There's two categories uh, of pushback I got for that episode. One was that, hey, John, there are legitimately taken out of context sermon clips. Yeah, I talked about that in the video, though. I think some people comment um, without possibly watching the video. I'm not sure. But uh, I, I did talk about that. And I gave some examples, actually, of, yeah, I mean, look, if you're trying to take a MacArthur clip like what recently happened and you're not showing that he's talking about the ERLC and them trying to use Southern Baptist money to promote the building of a mosque, and instead you're just, you're, you're leaving that out and you're showing him have a diatribe against religious liberty, then you're not fairly representing MacArthur in the situation he was responding to. So um, there is a difference. And I think we get a good glimpse into that with Satan and Jesus and the way that they quoted scripture differently. And then of course, uh, the other one was, John, why would you critique an article before reading it? I'll be brief on this. Um, I saw A.D. Robles do this the first time and I, I really was wondering, what in the world are you doing? And then I thought, this is brilliant. After I watched him, because uh, and I don't do it much, and I probably won't, because there is there is a danger to it. You have to be careful. But if, um, but the intention ought to be, uh, you're not you're not criticizing before you read. See, that's actually a, that that's f- uh, framing it totally wrong. It's um, it's critiquing it as you read, which is something that I was actually trained to do. Uh, in law school Uh, yes I I did uh, briefly before I realized what law school actually was and I dropped out and I went to seminary (laughs) Uh, I did do the um, the LSATs and and then and you learn how to how to briefly go through things and to pick out the arguments and to and know what to look for this is just a skill you have to know for that particular line of work and um it's really important i think for people listening to sermons or sunday school small group and they're hearing things and they don't have time to always digest every little thing they need to know what to look for in real time so they can confront it in real time and the faster you're able to confront something the better the longer you wait the more is left to memory so um i i think it's helpful and people have told me this when i every once in a while will do a cold reading and I will go through something and I'm showing you, here's what I'm looking for. Here's what I'm seeing. I'm open to, Hey, there might be something coming up that'll surprise us. There might be something that'll shed some light on, on what I just critiqued. But, uh, you're the whole point of it is you're open to that. And you're, you're trying to pick out the, the, the thesis, the, I mean, I had to do this for history too. You had to pick out the thesis. You had to uh, figure out what's the argument and then where's the flaw. So, um, these are skills that you can learn. And part of the reason I do the cold reading sometimes is just to, uh, to help people know how to do that in real time. And, uh, so anyway, uh, no, I have not critiqued an article before reading it. It's as I read it. And, um, I think, let's see, listening with a discerning ear would be the the goal there. Uh, so the last thing was uh, there was a podcast that came out on two days ago. I'm losing track of it. two or three days ago. It was during the height of my COVID. I, I am starting to fade even now, but I I had a window on I guess that would have been a Thursday, and from like one thirty to two thirty. <laughs> And then I was down again, and uh, my, so, so a friend uh, who I trust, uh, I, I finally at like 1, 1.30, uh, I, I had spent the whole morning with like a pillow over my eyes, I couldn't see, the light was just terrible, uh, and so my podcast had, I think dropped at like 7, and so it had been out for hours, and I got a text saying, hey, you need to delete your podcast, you left some stuff in there that, you know, was unedited, and I in the state i was in with COVID and everything i didn't even check it i just deleted it i just pushed the button and i'm like whatever <laughs> like i'm not dealing with this um later on uh in that little window i did uh, go back and i did try to listen for uh what what this person was talking about and i did find uh the section and I've had a few people uh, reach out to me since then. Um, I think one or two people trying to just mock me over it, which you know, okay, whatever. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't what I, as bad as what I thought. But I, I, here's the thing though. I do want to, I, I don't, I don't want to minimize this. I do want to apologize uh, for for the legitimate um, problem that I think it is. And then I want to clarify something because I think some people are getting this way wrong. So the apology is this, um, I, well, let me give you the situation. So, um, it was a day when, uh, I had, sometimes I'll record like five podcasts in a row before I'm going to travel or something just to you know schedule them out. And my camera kept dying on me. And I was frustrated about a number of things that day, like a number of things, but one of them that just was driving me nuts was I'd be in the middle of recording and the camera would die. And it's done this in zoom meetings. It's just, I, I can't stand it. And so, um, Anyway, I've I've rectified that problem. I have a, a battery on the way that's supposed to help this. But um, I uh, the the camera got shut off I, or it died. The battery died, but you could still hear me and you hear me say, "Dad, gum it, when it when it first gets shut off. But I'm frustrated. I'm like, "Dad, gum it!" right. And I know some of you don't care for that. You see it as a substitution. You don't want your kids saying that, and I totally am supportive of that. And I and and so that's one of the things that I, I feel the need to apologize for. I, I'm sorry that I I said that because this wasn't um, this wasn't a frustration over something legitimate. This was not a righteous indignation. This was a frustration over my camera not working. This is the frustration you have when you're working on the car and it's not working. And um, I, I happened to still record. I happened to still be recording and I just didn't even notice. And, and then I think followed it up with, uh, I, I just was muttering under my breath. Like, I hate this. I hate this. Um, and what I meant was like, I hate the fact that my camera keeps shutting off on me. Well, at the end of that, my wife, this is like a 20 seconds. You hear my wife's voice and she's in the other room and she comes in and she says, uh, to me, um, she, she says, Hey, we can hear you. And, and she means uh, she, we, we can hear the podcast. And I don't know, she must've been on the phone or something. I'm not sure. And uh, I and sometimes she'll do that. And then she'll like close the door. Hey, we can hear you close the door. And it's the reason that's the reason why she's closing the door. And so she said that. And then I said, Yeah, I'm sure you can. And, and that was it. That was the end of it. Now, some people have interpreted this as I was expressing frustration with my wife. That's not true at all. And I'm gonna put a, 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 um, an end to that rumor. That is, and if you spread that rumor, you're lying about me. You can go ahead and spread it if you want, but it's not true. I was not talking to my wife. Uh, I, As absurd as it may be, I was talking to my camera. <laughs> and uh, expressing my frustration with my inanimate object. But no, my, my wife uh, actually, we talked about it yesterday briefly and, and she even offered, she said, well, I'll come on the podcast and just tell people that, you know, we're fine. We have a good marriage. There was no, no problem there. I didn't feel disrespected that you didn't say anything to me. She couldn't even remember the whole thing. Um, and, and I know she doesn't want to, she, she like, she's more introverted and shy. She, she'd rather do her thing and let me do my thing. That's why I don't talk about her on the podcast much, but, uh, I said, no, that's not necessary. Um, I, I, I'll just let people know that, you know, that's kind of, that, that's what happened. Um, I, I so I, I, deleted that podcast. Uh, I didn't think it was a great podcast anyway. I was trying to crank out a bunch in one day so I could just, you know, have them as I was speaking at other places, they would be dropping on my YouTube channel. I don't know how much more of that I'm going to be doing. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it kind of killed me a little, but, um, but I do want to say, I am sorry for expressing that frustration. For those who heard it, um, it's I am human, and uh, I I do have flaws, and I do have sin, and uh, and in sinful frustration at times, which that would have been that it would have been a sinful frustration because uh, you know the Lord allowed my battery to die. It's not something that I need to get angry at, or I wasn't. I don't know if I was angry, but frustrated at. So 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 everyone got to hear those who heard it. Uh, probably my my most frustrated um, moment, uh, one of them of, of that entire week, and uh, and I think God allowed that to happen. I don't know why exactly. Um, maybe He wanted to humble me, which is fine. Uh, maybe He wanted people to pray for me because <laughs> uh, I, you know, it's it's kind of absurd to, to get upset at a camera for uh, the battery dying. But um, but there's I think there's a lot behind that, and so anyway. Um, so I appreciate everyone bearing with me on that and uh just I and I needed to say that. So uh the other thing I wanted to just get to at the end of this is I wanted to um kind of give you some expectations uh that I just, just some plans that I have for this year. I'm going to be changing some things around. There's been a lot going on in my life lately that um you know frankly there there are times, we all have this, right? Everyone has this in life. There are times when things seem to be going very well. And then there are times when it just seems like so many things seem to fall apart. And I've been in a situation, I think, you know, for the at least the last uh, couple of months where it seems like things tend to be falling apart more, not, not with the podcast necessarily at all. It's, it's other things, um, things around me, uh, that affect me that aren't me. But, um, But there's, and I don't want to get, this is a public podcast. I don't want to get all, um, I don't want to go into, to all the various personal things. Uh, there's a lot of medical things right now, um, for my wife and myself and, uh, and my family. We have, um, a death, we had a recently death in the family as well. That was, that, that will affect us for a while. And, um, there's, there's so much more, uh, as well that I, I just, I, I'm not going to go into that. Um, it, I tend to be someone who's very, I see a project and I get involved with the project and I don't want to let anything stop me during the project. And I process anything that may have happened afterward, right? And I do it usually by going out into the woods and I pray and I hike and I do, I exert myself physically and spiritually and, uh, and then I'm so refreshed um, that's generally how I deal with things. So, um, it's been cold (laughs) and I've been sick. I've been traveling. And before that, I just, I've been so busy. I haven't, I haven't had, um, the chance to really do that as much as I'd like. And so what I'm going, what I'm going to be doing, this is just, uh, this is not just for me. This is for you to give you also a better quality, podcast is I'm probably gonna be doing less podcasts at least for the foreseeable future I'm gonna be incorporating more scripture I think into podcasts um I have a reason for that uh I'm going to be uh I think there's a lot of other projects that I have going on as well a lot of traveling I see a lot of fruit in that I'm going to be putting a lot of focus on that a lot of focus on some documentary things that I think are going to be very important. And, um, and so uh, I'm, I, I have to figure out some places to cut. And so one of the things is I'm not going to be answering a lot of the, the messages that come in. Uh, I, I'll be answering, if you're a patron, I'm definitely answering your messages and it's not because I want money. That's someone suggested that. No, it's, it's just, it's not fair <laughs> you're, it's fair to those. It's not fair to those who do support me financially for me to go spend a lot of time with um, people who don't over sometimes things that um, I realize many of you, you don't understand a lot of the things that I'm involved with. And so, um, and I don't blame any of you for this. Believe me, I'm not frustrated one bit with any of you for this. But many of the requests that I get are... Um, they are very minor things a lot of them i probably get like 70 messages a day and i try to answer all of them on on email on gab on facebook all these different things and you know a lot of them are like john i wrote this can you check it out john um you know my pastor said this would you mind you know tell me could you listen to this and tell me uh john um you know what's the problem with you know, this type of theology, John, what do you think about, actually, a lot of people are trying to get me to comment on things that, frankly, are, are a little bit outside of what I'm trying to focus on right now, and part of me, I've, I've tried to to, to to please a lot of folks, and I don't know that I'm going to be able to do it. Uh, it's, I, I need to, to really prioritize what's important and get back to the basics. We don't talk about, and it's not that it's wrong, just so you know, as I say this, we don't really talk about eschatology much on this, this show. I don't really, talk about a lot of secondary i'm not talking about baptism on the show i'm not talking about uh, oh i don't know um i don't know i don't i don't talk about theonomy really i don't talk there's a lot of things i just i don't talk about them and it's not because none, none of them are you know they're not important it's because um i i see some things that are more important right now and I'll, i might take breaks i might have some fun episodes i might do some things that are different i might talk about some of those things but i it's not the primary focus uh, I know, um, there's, there's two topics right now that I'm thinking of. Some people are really pressuring me to get involved with some battles that are currently happening that are kind of, they're not direct. They're not related to the social justice stuff completely, but they're, you know, they're in that periphery, they're happening in Christianity and John needs to weigh in. And at first I was like, yeah, you know, I'll start, I started reading some books and you know what, John doesn't need to weigh in. Actually, I don't, uh, I, I need to be faithful with the the platform and and the knowledge and the resources that the lord has given me and those things aren't exhaustive i don't have exhaustive knowledge on everything and for me to try to um to become an expert on something is going to take time away from something else and so um i i'm gonna uh i'm gonna try to to stay as focused as i can and you can pray for me with this by the way please please do and I'm not saying not to reach out to me. Okay, I'm just saying I may not get back to you. I, I'll try to read the messages. I may not be able to. All right, and it's nothing against you. Uh, it is just uh, I I have a very very uh, busy schedule, and I really have to invest my time in the best possible way I can. I'll give you an example of that. Uh, if I if I'm able to produce, which I've it's been on my list, like a, a workbook for my last book, Christianity and Social Justice. Uh, and then I can give that to everyone. Here's a workbook. Here's a small group study guide. That can help answer a lot of the questions I get rather than reinventing the wheel every time, right? If I can, you know, if someone's coming to me with Romans 13, right? And I'm, hey, here's my view on Romans 13. I can do that or I can write uh, a, you know, a book on Romans <laughs> 13 and you you all have it, right? Uh, so so those are the things I, I would I would really recommend. um you know, if you have questions, basic questions on social justice, get the resources I've already put out there. Get the books I have. Uh, you know, I'll be happy to, as, as I can, try to answer questions, but I, I really have to be guarded with, with my time a little bit. So um, I did need to make that uh, announcement. I am excited. On, I'm going to end this on an up note. I am excited about this year. There's a lot going on. And look, the Lord um, Lord has been very good to me and very good to you. I don't even know whoever's listening out there. I don't know all of you. I don't know everywhere you're coming from. The fact that you're able to listen to this podcast right now, though, tells me that he's blessed you in some way. Uh, you, you have the ability to do this to, 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 on your phone or your computer or wherever. Uh, you have the ability to, to access this kind of information. That was unknown until very recently. You have the, the, the resources to know theology um, like, like we've never had. And, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ has made himself available uh, his, his salvation is available to those who repent and put their trust in Him. He came, He came so that you may have life, have it abundantly. He took your sin. Uh, he, you can't take that away. <laughs> There's nothing that can, can no, nothing can separate you from the love of God. So I hold on to that. I hope you're holding on to that at the very least. And I've I've seen some wonderful things. Uh, wonderful, just churches. Um, I think of, right now, uh, Pastor uh, Jerry Doris when I was at uh, Reformation Church there in Shelbyville. They formed uh, recently, uh, at the 500th anniversary of the Reformation, that's pretty recent. And, I mean, they're growing. People are even moving there to be at his church. But they're, they're so involved in the community. They're motivated. They're evangelizing. And I want you to know something. I'm meeting Christians like that all over the place. And you might say, well, where are they in my area? Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're the one that needs to be like that and start the trend. Uh, I'm saying they're popping up more, though. And there's an alternative to the, 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 what I just expressed to you from Tim Keller, the, this ridiculous, I, I guess all the evangelists should just be like Stephen Colbert. <laughs> that, what, what in the world? No, um, there's some solid people, and you might not ever hear their names. And, uh, and that's okay, and they're okay with that. And that's, that's what makes you know that they're solid, that they are okay with that. And they're they're about the master's business. And the master rewards those people. And so um, despite trials, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ walks with us through those trials. So I, I want uh, to just let you know, I'm not like down in the dumps. You're probably hearing my voice. I got the COVID and I'm just not going to be able to give you a, a very animated and um, uh, <laughs> uh, a a tone that's that's not you know 10 decibels below what it normally is but uh but I I I truly am blessed I truly am thankful uh to to so many of you um and I'm thankful most of all to to Christ for everything that's happened in the last three three and a half years on this podcast uh and and we're gonna we're we're going full steam ahead but um uh I'm it's just gonna look a little bit different I think just a little bit so uh, I hope that was helpful for some of you. Uh, I, I hope the update was helpful for you. And, um, and, and thank you so much for those who pray. I think, I really believe it, it does work and it does mean something. I, I can't tell you how much, how much I think the timing of me getting COVID was due to people praying for me. I know people think that's weird. I, got, I literally started feeling bad. All right, I speak in Nashville. My last place I speak I start and, and that earlier that day, I had a radio show. I had, there's so many things. It's, it was that night I'm driving back. I, I, I turn out the light, I go to bed and it's as I'm about to fall asleep. I think I don't feel the greatest. <laughs> That's what I started. So the next day I wake up and I'm like, oh man, and it gets progressively worse during the day. If it was as bad as it was that night, I wouldn't have been able to get on the plane, but it was just enough that I could I could get home, and right when it was really bad is when I was able to be home. It didn't interfere with any of the places I spoke, and I, I see that as the grace of God. Um, I, I don't know where I got it, and <laughs> I hope everyone's okay at my Nashville, uh, where I was speaking in there in Nashville, I hope you know there, there wasn't someone who came in and everyone's getting uh, getting their their Omicron. But uh, I, I just see that as from the Lord. So anyway, I just want to thank you for your prayers and your continued prayers, and uh, God bless all of you. And uh, until next time, uh, bye now.